Let me start recording here. You do you do you. Yeah, I will do me. You do you. Okay. You ready to do this? Yeah. I don't have my wine yet because it's chilling in the freezer. Oh when did you put it in? When <laughs> I got home like ten minutes ago. Hi everybody, it's been a while. Welcome to a new Two Drunk Fans. Gab, you are currently not drinking. Correct. I will be drinking in approximately eight minutes. Wow, you really got this down to a science. I uh, 20 minutes to cool a bottle of wine in the freezer. When you wrap a paper, wet paper towel around oh, it, yeah, it's okay. like physics or something. Science. Science. So yeah, uh, but I have been drinking all day. Um, That's right. I've been to four breweries in, here in the local Portland area, all breweries that I crock to. Um, and I just had a really good cheese sandwich, so I should be I should be good for this, this podcast. What are you drinking, buddy? Uh, it's currently really hot in Boston on moving day, those poor bastards. So oh, I am God. having a refreshing Pims and lemonade. What's Pims? Wow, you've never had a Pims and lemonade? I don't. I I don't know. Okay. I haven't. Um. Pims is it's just kind but of. But it's Pims. It's just like a liquor that you can you can mix with other stuff. You wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to drink it on your own. So it's a mixer. A little bit, yeah. It's a very fragrant mixer. And yeah, when you smell it, you're just like, oh, that's quite a good smell. And then you just mix it with some lemonade, add a sprig of mint on top, and Bob's your uncle. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. Gab? Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Good. You were at the NWSL 2014 final between FC Kansas City and the Seattle Reign. Your impressions. Go. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful game of soccer. Um... You know, it was it was bittersweet. Uh, I've spent kind of the past week trying to get over the thorns. Um, Twenty fourteen season, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of feelings there, but that's that's not you know those aren't going to necessarily go away. But um, I wanted to enjoy the final, and I was really able to. And FCKC put together an amazing game plan uh, that was ultimately just stop uh kim little stop just fishlock and you know control the rain and so she they did that and i i just i thought it was fantastic i thought it was a fantastic game of soccer how was the crowd how was it being in the crowd uh the crowd was fine um i mean it was probably better than fine uh i was not with a sports group um I don't know. It's just something, something odd about jumping onto the bandwagon, I guess. Um, so I, I stuck with, uh, with just sitting with, with the the general admission crowd, and um, yeah, they were fine. Um, it wasn't a tennis match. They were really engaged and understood the game and would, um, you know, cheer for good plays. Uh, they would boo when calls were not going their way. Um, I don't I don't have many complaints about the crowd other than I wish it would have been a sellout. Uh, I think Starfire sells out at about 4,500, and they were two or 300 shy of that. But I don't know. It, 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 it was, it, for being Tequila, um, 
not sure how many people have actually made it to Tequila. It's a suburb of Seattle. Um, parking is a bitch. Uh, I think they have three to four lots that can probably hold like 30 to 40 cars each. Um, and then local businesses uh, are charging five bucks to park in their parking lots. And it's, it's, there isn't street parking. It's not like in a neighborhood. It's one road to get in and out. So that makes it uh, extremely awkward and I'm sure probably deters a lot of people from, from going. But uh, overall, I thought I thought the, the rain were excellent hosts. Um, the only issue I really had, and it's, it's, a, dumb, it's a dumb issue uh, with the drum line, um, the, the rain front office bought uh, and paid for a drum line to, to come do game day, you know, pre-game stuff, and, you know, I, whatever, it's, they can do what they want. Um, but the thing that annoyed me was they had told supporters groups, no, you can't bring drums, drums aren't allowed. And from past experiences uh, with the Riveters and trying to get drums into Starfire, um, we've been told drums are a distraction to the officials and a distraction to the game. Um, so they don't allow drums, but yet this drum line uh, started playing in the second half during the run of play while the crowd was trying to get some chants going and get some cheers going, and there just wasn't synergy between the drum line um, and the crowd. So I thought that was a little um, a bit of a slap in the face of the supporters group, but that's not my fight because I wasn't there as a supporter. I was just there as a fan of women's soccer. Well, I can't say shit because the Breakers hire a, a drumming group for almost all home games, which I think actually works out because we don't have the biggest supporters group right now, and so getting chants going is not... It, it takes a little more work for us, so the drums at Harvard definitely help fill in a lot of the gaps because otherwise the rest of those schmoes will just sit there on golf clap until something really big happens. Um, for the record, the drumline at Starfire. They're called the Blue Thunder, and they also perform for the Seahawks. Wasn't the, the drumline that performs for the um, uh, Sounders? Yeah, I they, what they perform for the Sounders, too. They do the Sounders as well. I yeah. don't know. I don't pay attention to, to Seattle sports all that much. But, I know you do. I mean, they were playing when, when we walked into the stadium, and I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, that's normal. You know, a lot of NWSL teams have bands um, that play before the match and whatnot. But these guys started up in the m middle of the second half. I was just like, are you serious? Like, I, uh, I'm pretty sure we st we heard them like about 20 minutes into the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they started playing in the first half, but I, I could have sworn I noticed them in the second. Okay. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. I'm fine if they want to consistently ban all supporters groups from bringing drums, but as long as they're consistent with it, you know, everybody, just be honest. Be honest and be like, we don't want to deal with it. Instead of, you know, telling them, well, it's a distraction, and then hiring a drum. Well, although maybe it was a finals exception, and they wouldn't have done it for any other game. Obviously, yeah, they but, didn't do it for any they, other game. but they told supporters groups no. Like, Blue Crew wanted to bring a drum in, and they told them no. Well, I can see how they'd want a drum group that's more under their direct supervision than under an away supporters group supervision. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, I can see how. I don't think it's right. Like, supporters groups generally know that if they fuck up, then they're going to ruin it for themselves and for everybody else. 
So that, you know, I think most supporters groups do a really good job of policing themselves with that sort of stuff. But I'm saying I understand, I think I understand whatever thought process happened with that. Uh, you're more understanding than I am then. Um, but this year it was just so different because the drummers were like a corner. Like it felt like, you know how like late night talk shows have the band off on the side? Uh-huh. They weren't engaging with the crowd. It was just like, oh, the game's kind of slow right now. Just plug. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's definitely like a better way to do it. But I was also just miffed because it, if you're going to tell a sports group no drums, and it's not a stadium policy. That's a Seattle Brain front office policy. Um, if you're going to say no drums, like no drums, easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's like having a four-hour band play during the game to me and and – you know, I'm, I don't mean to offend the the Boston contingent, but you know, if they're not engaging in the crowd, it's like playing music over the stadium sound system during the run of play. I will say this for the drummers in Boston: they've been doing breakers games for a long time, so they they do try to get the crowd going, and they coordinate their drumming with. I they try to coordinate their drumming with what's going on in the field, so like. If the other team's goalkeeper is taking a kick, they'll like do this long lead up to psych him out, or they um they they'll do cheers while they're drumming. You can't necessarily hear them, but we hear them over in the supporter section. So it's more coordinated than that. Yeah, and and I'm totally down. Like if they were engaging the crowd and like trying to do, let's go Seattle, let's go, or like any of the Seattle chants, awesome. Awesome, 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 except for the whole thing where the Blue Crew couldn't have one and, you know, they weren't participating with with the the Royal Guard. Um, I can see both sides. On the one side, I understand that they wanted something atmospheric that they had control over and they didn't want to deal with supporters groups necessarily. But on the other side, I also see how it it implies like they just don't trust either the away or their home supporters groups to to sufficiently create noise and be enthusiastic and do it in you know a non-dumb way yeah i mean how condescending is that to supporters groups like okay we will let you guys like buy tickets but we're not gonna let you guys do what you want to do because we're gonna we don't trust you it's like okay well if that's the case like screw you and the horse you rode in on um, this I mean, is how you get ultras. This conversation is not about like just drums. It's more about like front office relations with supporters groups, and it's it's been varied across the league. I just I hope next season we've all we can all benefit from having spent our off time recruiting and you know coming up with ideas for supporting the team and and for encouraging front offices to work with supporters groups. Because you know what? We're the diehards. We will not leave you no matter what, and we'll be your foot soldiers. If you need grassroots help, there we are. Maybe it's not that many of us, but... Unless you're Portland. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Portland uh, Portland can continue to be the exception to the rule on, on these things. But overall, loved it. Loved being able to go to a championship game, uh, not have to drive nine hours across New York uh, <laughs> to do it. Um, 
you know, of course I would have loved it more had my team actually been playing, but it was great. It was a good, it was a great experience. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I had the opportunity to do it. How was the trophy ceremony since so many of us did not get to see it? Thanks ESPN. <laughs> the, the trophy ceremony was about as awkward as the start of the match. Um, so, so the match was, was slated to kick off and they had done like the, the national anthem, which was also awkward, but that's, um, commentary from a non-musician to an artist and, and I, I feel awkward doing it. Um, uh, so they went through the whole shebang of like going through the roster and doing the national anthem and all that stuff. Teams like they do the coin flip. Um, teams get take the pitch. It's like a good another three three to four minutes before the game actually starts. Um, I don't think anybody really knew what to do with ESPN. Like they were ready to go and they must have been on a commercial break. Like there was no rhyme or reason. Sometimes you look at your clock and you're like, oh, it's it's 11:58, and we're supposed to start at noon, so we'll wait the two minutes or something like that. This was just like an awkward, why haven't we started? So awkward that Starfire actually started um, playing music over the PA system, and players started like doing mini sprints to like stay warm. So the award ceremony was about as awkward um <clears throat> you know the final whistle blows nwsl staff is taking the field setting up a table uh all this different stuff they go through and hand the rain um all their medals and there's commentary about like who took a medal off who took who didn't like take a medal off who took it off and put it back on about 19 times um and then it was time to hand over the trophy to FCKC. Cheryl Bailey's holding this trophy for a good like two to three minutes, not handing it over. Like, am I supposed to say something? Am I like, are we waiting for ESPN cameras? No freaking clue. The whole time, like Becky Zarbrun and Lauren Cheney or Lauren Holiday are standing there, like antsy, like little kids on Christmas, like give me the freaking trophy. Um, and so finally, Cheryl Bailey, like, hands it over, and there's a pretty good photo of Becky, like, taking it and running. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. It, it was it was just awkward because of ESPN, I think. Um, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? And it wasn't until later that I found out, like, you guys didn't even get to see the award yeah. ceremony. What are you going to do? Not cut to some random, unimportant drag racing? And well, instead... what were they going to do if the game went into extra time? Yeah. That's the real – yeah, what were they going to do? What if it went all the way to fucking penalties? right like like get, at least give them 10 more minutes like they were pretty efficient about handing out the medals and like nobody lingered and stuff like that it, it was it was like 10 more minutes is all it took yeah well women's soccer who cares but drag racing right there's engines and stuff so drag racing in the mud i think is what i saw on espn i thought it was on a track i just saw oh, the drag racing and was like, I, I don't have... fucking care. And then I yeah. deleted, you know, closed the window. Well, congrats to FC Casey. They were so strong, so disciplined, never panicked. Um, threw up a brick wall of defense. Like, Kim Little just could not find a way through. But Lauren Chaney found a way through. Oh, boy. God. Holiday was on fire. She spent the first half, like, figuring them out. Like, getting in the ref's ear, getting in everybody's head. Like figuring that shit out, it was it was gorgeous. Based on her attacking prowess, we should definitely shift her to defensive mid, right? 
for the national team? Oh, for sure. She's yeah. going to flourish at defensive mid. Flourish. Um, and then A-Rod, for making lots of great runs and scoring twice, should probably just sit on the bench. Like, we'll call her in, but she should just do on the bench. The let's, let her, let's let A-Rod be a winger okay, and yeah. not... not play like right up the middle like uh-huh. she has been with FC Casey. So, okay, um a little bit of a tangent for a second and you may you may have to cut this, but yesterday in the car I had an epiphany. Okay. What if when you won the NWSL championship, everybody on your team suddenly got a call up to the US soccer camp that was next. Not necessarily a game, but at least got a call up to the camp and got to go through the motions. And got that exposure. And then the city that wins the NWSL championship gets to host a friendly for U.S. soccer. I actually really like that idea. Whichever team wins the championship hosts a friendly. I think that's some great synergy right there, actually. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? And, and, you know, NWSL is is so grassroots right now and so small and so startup that they, you know, those players aren't looking at a pot of money that they're winning in addition to medals. Um, You know, they're they're looking at hopefully a stronger attendance next year, um, hopefully a few additional perks uh, next year. But, you know, they're not playing for much other than pride. Uh, and so what if U.S. soccer, um, in their, their frugal ways, were just like, all right, you know, if you're on if you're on a team that wins the NWSL trophy, all the players on the team get to come to a two-week camp, um, get a look at by the trainers, and could potentially play in a hometown friendly. I'm not super sure about the, all the players getting... Although if they if they have the friendly in in the team's hometown, then there's no travel cost to the players on the team. They just show up at the training facility as usual. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unless the players have been shipped off to Australia or Europe already. Yeah, I I like the idea. I think the real logistical problem then is um, making sure that whatever stadium is open, because ostensibly they need to be booking this shit a couple months ahead of time. So the only problem is the league doesn't know necessarily which which teams they're going to have to keep an eye on. I mean, yes, by near the end of the season, you can kind of guess at least which top four teams you need to maybe be prepared to book a stadium for. But that that would be the only logistical hurdle I would see. Well, or maybe the match isn't right away. Maybe the match is March of... The next year it's a preseason ish oh, type match yeah i would just want the match to be within a couple months of the end of the end of result final to make sure you capitalize on on any publicity or media that they might have had from winning or they launch it they launch that publicity the next season yeah they could that would that would be the other end yeah they use the the friendly in order to kick off next season's publicity that's a good idea too Look at that. You're an entrepreneur. I mean, you're, yeah. I had an epiphany. I was like, this feels like a really good idea. Uh-huh. Such idea. I mean. Wow. Stop. What? Such idea. Wow. What yeah, it was genuine. 
That's how the kids communicate these days, Gabriella. We're not, we're not kids. I'm a kid. I don't function right, like an adult. I'm a 30... I'm a 32-year-old adult. No, you were born in 1943. God, I walked right into that one. Um, I think that's a really great idea. Uh, other great ideas that U.S. soccer should have... No, that's a terrible segue, because... I don't think U.S. soccer has many good ideas. But speaking of U.S. soccer, we've got two friendlies against Mexico coming up September 13th and 18th. One's in uh, Utah, Sandy, Utah, and the other one's in Rochester. They named uh, a 28-player roster for these friendlies. And not really any surprises whatsoever. They, they even brought back Shannon Box. So I don't know what to tell you, man. I really love and respect we're going, Boxy. We're going but... old school. Yeah, but Boxy's what thirty eight? Uh, no, she's not thirty eight. I don't know. She just had she just had she's a baby, 37. so maybe Box she's is, Shannon like Box 35. is thirty seven. No, she's thirty seven. She's yeah, thirty seven, okay. and she would be thirty eight by the time of the next World Cup. Age is just a number, so if she can prove that she's physically able to do everything, I guess she should be allowed to show it. But. I don't want to have to rely on Shannon Box to be our defensive mid. No, that's what Lauren Holiday's for. Oh, right. I totally forgot. I'm sorry. Lauren Holiday, defensive mid. Not, don't, don't get too involved in the attack there, Lauren. All right. Oh, while, while, while attacking defensive midfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Becky Sauerbrunn's role. We're going to be relying no, on Becky Sauerbrunn. Becky, Becky, Becky's, uh, she almost had a run yesterday. I, I kind of wanted, I really wanted a defender goal in that final. I don't care which team scored did, it, just I wanted a defender to score. Did you did you see her her almost run? I, maybe? She was, it was in the second half, and she was attacking up the left hand, or up the right hand side, so it would have been the far side from the TV angle. Um, and, and she was just doing what she does, and like, she would pass it, and teammate, like, would run to open space, teammate would find her, pass it again, keep, kept running up the sideline until finally she passed it to, I think it was Holiday. And instead of running behind the defender, um, to like, to get the ball closer towards the corner, she cut in front of the defender, and Holiday like passed it the long, the the further route, and so it cut it cut her run short. But I was just like, oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! Yeah, I love wild attacking center backs. They're just everything that's right about the game. Well, and that, and she has like an amazing celebration whenever she does it, and something awesome happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. the United States during qualifying should probably be relying on wild attacking center back Reba for at least three to five goals. I'm, I'm going to say it now. <laughs> that's that's what they should be looking for. Well, she should yeah, be, maybe, I guess. She we all be... remember how, uh, how, how plentiful, how rich we were in Vancouver uh, for the Olympic qualifying. She Games needs to be... Like, what, 15 to 10 goals each she needs to be 15 to 25 percent of the united states goals (laughs) need to be generated from her no she needs to be scoring them not just generating them 15 to 25 percent that's shit yeah i bet you if you made that bet in vegas like you would walk away a rich rich lady 
Oh, like those people who bet that like five dollars that Brazil would lose to Germany seven to one and then walked away with like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if that one guy would bite somebody yeah, during the Suarez. tournament and they walked away with thousands of dollars. I don't know why more people didn't bet that Suarez would bite someone. I didn't even know you could bet on shit like that. You can bet on anything, man. Like, like that's like betting on, okay, during World Cup qualifiers, I bet that I bet Carly that... Lloyd will get a yellow card every match. <laughs> that would be, that's not the worst bet I ever heard. What do you, a yellow card every match, though? Because there's, isn't there a yellow I don't, card? I don't, I don't know what the CONCACAF rules are. Yeah, I don't know what CONCACAF rules are for yellow card accumulation. I mean, for the World Cup, yeah. After after the like second one, she has to sit out a game or something. But do they do the same thing in CONCACAF? I would no hope clue. For consistency's sake. Yeah, let's talk about consistency, FIFA, and CONCACAF. <laughs> let's let's do that. Consistency. That, that sounds like a fun topic for this podcast. From FIFA to the Confederation to the Federation to the regional level. Yes, let's talk about consistency. Yeah, and all making it. sure that they communicate that consistency to the officials. Yeah, it's just turtles all the way down, man. <laughs> we really need to have that podcast someday of like, okay, so we're just going to do it. We're just going to cut in, open this thing up, and talk about FIFA. Yeah, I'll talk about FIFA any day, man. I have a lot Well, of... I know, but I feel like we've got to like actually oh, okay, plan yeah. for that to be. That's going to be a special edition. Special edition where... Thrace relates to you all her dark, dark fantasies about FIFA. And they're not, like, sexual fantasies. No, they're very, they're very dark. I feel, I feel like qualifiers, you know, Canada's in automatically. Uh-huh. Uh, Mexico and USA, um, it's really up to those two. Who's going to take number one? Who's going to take number two? You know, yeah. obviously USA wants to and kind of go into the World Cup on that level. Um mm-hmm. But there aren't a there isn't a lot of competition in Concacaf for like that there isn't really a number three team who's nipping at the heels of of those two. Yeah, I think the only really number three contender coming out of the out of teams in Concacaf that are gonna compete, I would say, is Costa Rica. They, so I mean, there there's always the potential, but I'm I'm not too stressed about qualifying. Yeah, the other teams are Guatemala, Jamaica. Trinidad and Tobago, Martinique, Haiti. Yeah, I I think it's this tournament is Mex- Mexico and U.S. And now that there's an extra slot for Concacaf nations because overall nations have increased, I'm really not too fussed about qualifying. It was stressful in 2010 because we had Mexico and Canada in there. Yeah. But now Canada's automatically through, so it's like okay, well now the stress and the thing that keeps me up at night is injury. Yeah. Yeah. And the risk, and what the fuck is Jill Ellis thinking? Like, Jill Ellis found found Pia's diary, and is like, "Oh, this will work. Let's just do this again." We don't we don't want another Allie Krieger situation. So yeah, qualifiers, uh, October fifteenth through twenty sixth. Uh, looking forward to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you gonna go to any of the games? Okay, so they're going to be in Kansas City, Kansas, Chicago, D.C., and uh, Chester. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, take a jaunt down to D.C. I'll uh, drop in on Gerke, make her life miserable for a little while. You could, you should try to record with her. She she gives great podcast. Yeah. Oh, I noticed. She... <laughs> then again, she is quick to take over podcasts as well. 
<laughs> she will she will run laps around me. Um, so you might actually have a chance. Maybe I'll get her. Maybe I'll actually get her drunk. She she is she is quite the professional lady. She was mm -hmm. wearing a uh, a skirt suit. A skirt complete suit. with a blazer. Yeah, she wears blazers. <laughs> well, blazers. It's fine. I was just like, wait, you're wearing a skirt and a blazer, and it's like 100 degrees outside. That, that okay. Even, if I record with her, the name of the podcast should be like, Gurky and Blazers. Um, Ladies and Blazers. I'm not going to wear a blazer shit. Okay, so you're going to get back to this roster? Um, this 28-player roster? Cause we... Yeah, let's get back there. But So you're going to go to D.C. Um, I'm going to go to Philly. I think I'm going to go to the, the final, the mm -hmm. third place match in the, the final in Philly. Okay. Um, I've always, I've always wanted like matches that mean something in the United States. And finally we have an opportunity and I just have to like seize the day and yeah. do it. Yeah, you do. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Philly. Um, you're going to go to DC. You may go to Philly. Uh, I think, I think October is going to be a shit ton of fun for, uh, for women's soccer oh, fans yeah. in the United States. Assuming nobody gets injured. Yeah. Let's just knock on wood, uh, and assume that, uh, we're going to walk away healthy. Mm -hmm. So this 28 player roster, we already talked about Shannon Box and wild attacking center back sour run. No surprises. None. Yeah, zero, zero surprises, which is disheartening because the 28-player roster isn't actually for qualifiers. It's for the two friendlies leading up to qualifiers. Uh -huh. um, and so there, there are two games that legit don't matter. So uh, Jill Ellis should be throwing caution to the wind and being like, all right, let's, like Paul Rogers, let's let's look at what happened in NWSL this year and who do we want to see. Um who do we want to have in a 10-day camp and test and see if they cut the mustard and could help us qualify? Like, U.S. women's – U.S. soccer just doesn't treat the women's side the same they do the men's. The men's side, there was a lot of buildup. Like, okay, we've got this player pool. We've got a huge player pool. we got to whittle it down. On the women's side, it's like, oh, maybe somebody could fit into the current player pool, but we're not actually going to ever look at them seriously. Yeah, I. What happened to Erica Timrak? Like, Tommy was up on Timrak, and then now that Joel's in charge, it's like she's persona non grata. Yeah, I mean, we could make a short list of all the players that are now on that short list. And if you want a defensive mid, Keelan Winters. Keelan Winters, uh, Becky Edwards. Becky Edwards. What does Becky Edwards have to do? I mean, <sighs> Becky Edwards could like save Jill Ellis' life by juggling a soccer ball into the path of a gun-wielding madman, and she still would not get called up. So the thing is, is the, the match I would love to see someday is U.S. Women's National Team versus the NWSL best of not them. Like, Americans who cut the mustard, just not the U.S. soccer mustard, and see what happens because I have a feeling like NWSL could put together a fucking awesome team that never get a look at by U.S. Soccer. Um, that it would be nice if we, if NWSL or U.S. Soccer had money for like an all-star game at the end of the season. Someday. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad that my girl Alyssa Nair is getting looks. I'm not saying she's going to get capped anytime soon. Hopefully she will, you know, after Hope Solo gets her record. Um, please, 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 can we get a shutout in the first game against Mexico 
so that Alyssa Nair can get a start for the second game against Mexico. That's that would be great. You're such a fangirl. Yeah, yeah. I make no apologies for being an Alyssa Nair fangirl. There are much worse things good, to be a fangirl. Good on you. Of. Good on you. You know what? I'm proud to be a fangirl. I'm proud to stand for Alyssa Nair. So the last thing I have on my agenda is the NWSL announced 2015 schedule. Dun dun dun. 20 games. 20 games. No expansion. 20 games. Starting in April, going through September. Two mm-hmm. month break. Not as many weeknight games. Two week. Two week break. Two week break. Yeah. More weekend games. And um, Canada Soccer kind of withdrew on their whole. Well, we're 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 just gonna have a residency camp before. We're not even gonna play any games. And they're like, yeah, we'll send players. I mean, we'll see. Well, we'll see for U.S. soccer how that works out, too. But Canada, Mexico, and U.S. all confirmed they're going to allocate the same number of players. Sure. Which means those players are going to take up roster spots, which means that when they're not available for two months, teams just can't go out and find replacement players. They have to find players who will play for free. I don't know. I assume, I would assume, I would hope, that they would allow for some kind of roster relief due to the World Cup that would enable them to basically, you know, hire temps. Bring oh, up you're adorable. Bring up reserves and hopefully pay them something, anything. That's why there needs to be a players' union. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's kind of soon, but, you know, I always hope for the best, expect the worst. But maybe we should start passing the tin now for each of our teams. As like the reserve player fund. The team might not pay you, but we we crowdsource some donations so you could at least not not technically be paying for free. So yeah, 20, 20 game season. Um, a little disappointed. We're getting less soccer. A uh, little disappointed um, that I'm gonna miss some matches while I'm up in Canada for the Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, and at least uh, at least they felt confident enough to give us 20 games as opposed to 16, which was the number I had heard uh, floating around. We're gonna have more time between the final and the semifinals or the playoff, um, an extra week I think, uh, said- so that more travel can be planned. Hopefully, more pomp, more circumstance uh, next September, and. It'll also be in September, which means that even if it's in Kansas City, it won't be ungodly hot. Maybe. Uh, because that was an experience. Maybe. I mean, climate change. Come on, dude. It could. It, it might dude, still be ungodly it was, hot. It was. It was. It was fucking hot last weekend. All right. All right. Yeah. It might. It might be the fucking same or hot. worse next year. Who knows? I don't even. I don't even know how to describe in words like how hot it was in what Kansas City last weekend. What was the actual temperature? Weekend. Uh, I think when we got back to the car, the car read 108. Hmm. Um, it got to the point where I could feel my feet frying on the top to the point where we all stood a half step down on the bleachers so that the little bit of shade from the top bleacher could protect the tops of our feet. Yeah, anything over 90 is respectable, man. What? I uh, anything I put over- on sunscreen every 20 minutes uh, according to the game clock. <laughs> And I walked away without a sunburn. Good job. Good job, Pretty, pretty, pretty excited about that. The ginger didn't get burned in 100 plus degrees. 
Yeah, so they announced semis uh, September 12th, 13th, and then championship match September 26th or 27th to avoid FIFA dates. So that's a pretty good gap. So yeah, it's it's way too early to be saying anything other than I've got hope for next season, and that I hope we make it to season four. Oh, I think I think we're definitely making it to season four. I mean, we don't have. I don't foresee any teams crumbling this off season. You know, maybe there's a change in ownership in one or two places, or you know, maybe there's some sort of change. But I don't see anybody crumbling. Um, I don't see anybody who had such a bad year that they just can't afford to keep going. Um, I had a pretty good chat with ownership of the Breakers a couple of, probably like a month or so ago, close to the end of the season. I wouldn't say he sounded like bright and optimistic, but he in no way indicated that it was a drag or anything. He, t- he talked about future plans and like all this other stuff. And so I was like, oh, that to me indicates things are okay, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, even Sky Blue, I mean, those guys had the chance to, to what, sell to Red Bulls last year? They said no, so they've got to have something going. Yeah, Um, hopefully. And it's not like they did a barn sale, like, at the end of the the season, like, giving away tickets for free or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I think maybe it does feel, maybe it feels different now as opposed to the way it felt at the end of season two of WPS. Because no clubs have folded, no clubs right. have folded, and we right. in fact no, expanded. No, one. no, no clubs have folded. We don't have anybody who's a Magic Jan right, Magic Dan right now. Magic Jan. <laughs> we don't have a Magic Jan or a Magic Dan. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Right. Yeah. I guess we can't speak too ill of Dan these days. Nope. Um, but, I mean, I think we can say that nobody in our current... Nobody in the current arena it f- would fill his shoes. Yeah. there, There's nobody lurking in the wings, as far as we know, waiting to take a team with an established brand name um, and grassroots community shift them halfway across the country, rebrand them with their own personal brand name, uh, make them play in a high school stadium with no signage and no athletic trainers, and uh, abuse and berate their players. That's not, that doesn't seem like something that's that's about to happen, so. <clears throat> Correct. And I think all of us are being watchdoggy enough um to get in front of that if it were to to happen i don't know what fans would do to get in front of it we would just throw our bodies like in front of his vehicle (laughs) but i i don't i don't think we're in a situation where we need to be worried about year three Mm -hmm. um i think year three is just something we just have to get through uh with the world cup and now start saying okay what like Kind of the, the the idea that's percolating in my head is, okay, now that we've now that we've gotten through the sophomore year, what does it look like to graduate to the next level of professional sports? Yeah, what I want to see actually is owners talking about the Women's World Cup is like, in terms of business opportunity, not in terms of contingency, because I know it's realistic. Like, yeah, we need to plan for how it's going to interrupt the league, but I also want to hear people talking about how they're going to try to use you know, the biggest tournament in women's soccer 
to add value for existing customers and to capture new customers. That's what I'd like to hear. Yeah. Okay. So how awesome would it be for Women's World Cup? NWSL is still happening, but Women's World Cup, you know, teams are actively being like, okay, let's do a watch party, but not just like one room of a bar, but like, hey, here's our partner bar who's going to be showing all of the Women's World Cup games. And at this bar, you can sign up for tickets. You can, you know, do X, Y, and Z and just like trying to reach out with the community. Yeah. Like the our partner bar and they have like the club team's banner up and all the information on how to buy season tickets or um yeah. That would be great. I mean I know the breakers definitely have partner bars. I, I think part of their ownership group also owns a series of bars, so it's not like that would be the hardest thing in the world. I mean, if it's gonna happen to you, you might as well try and turn it into an opportunity. It's what anybody, anybody would, would say. Have. Jinx. I sentence you to silence upon pain of owing me a Coke. It's not at all that our technology just isn't syncing up. You owe me a Coke. Okay. Okay. I will get you, I will get you a Coke in Philly. My preferences are first, the Mexican Coke made with the real sugar. Second, Coke in a can. And last of all, fountain soda. I can do I can do a, a, a liter of Mexican Coke. <gasps> okay. I can owe you that. Okay. That sounds awesome. Well, Sweet. on that note, that's quite the upper. You're such a winner. You know what? I, I like to see opportunities, and I just earned a liter of my favorite Coke tonight. So, yeah, I am a winner. Take lessons, people. Take lessons. Go to law school. It pays off. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Law school is a trap. Don't go to law school. <laughs> Unless, oh, buddy. Unless you... I, had fun. I had fun this weekend. Well, I'm going to go take a shower because everything is sticking to me because it's, it's like the hottest day of the year. Um, I know all our viewers want to imagine that. The charm. The charm that is Thrace. The suave debonair charm. The charm that is Bachelor Thrace. <laughs> yeah. Ladies, I promise you, I'll show you an unforgettable time. An unforgettable time. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm saying unforgettable. That's it's a good it's it's a good qualifier. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna go be unforgettable on my own. You. Go, I'm gonna go watch Buffy. You go find a corkscrew and watch Buffy. I can't believe you're only now watching right, Buffy. Um, I have more episodes of season one, and then I get to go on to like the better seasons. Yeah. I can understand, because you were born in 1943, so when it originally aired, you probably, like, it wasn't in your demographic. <clears throat> well, this has been fun. <laughs> and I look forward to talking about, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I can find somebody to talk to in Salt Lake City Looking about forward to, women's soccer. to talking about Life Alert and Activia. Uh-huh. Maybe I can find somebody in Salt Lake City who actually wants to meet up at a bar and talk about women's soccer. Okay. Okay.